The following audio was recorded at Stone Oak Bible Church. For more information about our church or for more resources, visit us at stoneoakbible.com. What a joy it is to open the Word of God with you today. Although we are not gathered together in a normal fashion, my prayer is still the same, that the Spirit of God will illuminate the Scriptures to you wherever you are this morning. This morning we're going to be in the book of Jude. You can go ahead and find your place there if you have not yet already. The book of Jude, for those unfamiliar, is in the very back of your Bible. If you go to the book of Revelation, it's right before that. The book of Jude is a small book. Most likely, it's contained on one or two pages at most in your Bible. It consists of only 25 verses. It's shorter than some of the Psalms that we have been looking at in the previous weeks. Over the course of the next three weeks, we will spend our time with this short letter. As we begin, I wanted to set the stage for this letter and look at some of the background. First, the letter of Jude was written by Jude. Jude is the half-brother of Jesus. We know from John chapter 7 and Acts chapter 1 that Jesus' brothers didn't believe in him to be the Christ until after the resurrection. Among these brothers was Jude. We see the author identify himself in the very first verse of this letter. He says, Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ. The letter was written to those who are called, beloved in God the Father, and kept for Jesus Christ, as verse 1 says. We don't know much beyond this. Based on the contents of the letter, though, we can assume that the audience had a decent knowledge of the Old Testament as well as Jewish history. The letter is full of references to events from their past. Jude has a very unique writing style. He continually uses these sets of three throughout the letter. You can see them in the first three verses. There are, in fact, three within the first three verses, or excuse me, first two verses. So first it begins, Jude, servant, brother, called, beloved, kept, mercy, peace, love. In keeping with the style of this letter, we, we approach this letter in three weeks. To help us look at this letter, I wanted to place a single sentence in front of you as a way to remember what it is about. So here it is. Now, to those who are not able, contend because you are called. We will work through this sentence as our framework each week. We will do it in a reverse order though. This week, we will look at the ending because you are called. Next week, we will look at contending, and finally, we will look to the one who is able. So here we go. 
Let's dive into our calling this morning and spend our time in the first two verses. First, let's look at how Jude chooses to identify himself. He calls himself in verse 1 a servant of Jesus Christ and a brother of James. So let's stop right here. If you have a study Bible this morning uh, or have any commentary notes, most likely they will have the same information when we look at the book of the Bible. They will often tell us in, in any introduction who the author is, what the purpose of the book is, and when it was written. There's usually one other section included, though, in most commentaries, most study Bibles, most introductions, and that's authority. The section of authority gives us the answer to why should we listen? This is such a vital question, a question that we need to answer today. Do you remember what life was like before social media and the internet? I do. I remember in high school having to write research papers. The internet was relatively early still, and it was seen as an unreliable resource. It didn't have the authority that a set of Encyclopedia Britannicas did. I remember having to go to the shelf, finding the letter of the book, and pulling it down. Depending on the subject, you could find a few pages, or you could find a few paragraphs, or maybe it wasn't included at all. Mr. Encyclopedia Britannica was our authority of the day. If you still have a set, I just want you to know, it is okay to donate them now. The internet is here. The Encyclopedia Britannica actually stopped being printed eight years ago. In 2012 was the last time an Encyclopedia Britannica set was published. Here's another one for you. Wikipedia. I remember when Wikipedia first came around. It was seen like those magazines at the checkout lines when it came to authority. Did it have information? Yeah. Was it trustworthy or reliable? Far from it. Now, Wikipedia is one of the first places I check when I need some quick information. In fact, I use it to find information about Encyclopedia Britannica. How did I know that Encyclopedia Britannica is out of print as of 2012? Because of Wikipedia. We now live in a society where everyone has authority about everything, even when they don't. With social media and the internet, everyone has a platform of equal footing. You can create a website right now for just $10. I know this because I just looked. You can actually purchase IKnowAllAboutFish.com without actually knowing anything about fish. It is out there. It is $10. I looked. It's important that we consider the authority of those that we choose to listen to. It's why authority is often listed in commentaries and introductions to book of, books of the Bible. So what authority does Jude choose to use? He chooses to use one word, servant. Why is this the title that Jude chooses to use? After all, he was the half-brother of Jesus, wouldn't that have made for a better title? What is it about servant 
that gives him an authority to write this letter to these people. A servant or slave, depending on your translation, is one who is reliant upon another. There is no servant without one to serve. The word servant requires there to be another party. Jude uses the word servant to point towards Christ. Jude is claiming the authority of Christ with this title. He's under the authority of Jesus himself. He is reliant upon the will of Christ. What God commands, Jude will do. Where God says to go, Jude is willing. What God has said to write, Jude has written. Jude has laid down his own rights to those of his master. Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ. This morning, are you a servant of Jesus Christ? If you are a follower of Christ, then the response should be yes. The question changes, though, to are you a good or a poor servant of Christ? This week, I was having a discussion with someone regarding what a mature disciple would look like. They said this, a mature disciple will transition from the flesh to the spirit quickly. They were referring to our sin nature. When it appears, how quickly does it disappear? Are you a servant of Christ? Think through this more. Would others around you identify you as a servant of Christ? If you were to grab a piece of paper right now, and you were to write out the qualities of a servant of Christ, what would that look like? What would be on that list? This might be a tremendous exercise for you to do this week. Just grab a blank sheet of paper and write out what it would look like for someone to perfectly follow Christ. Once you've done that, place yourself next to this piece of paper. <clears throat> Where are you falling short? Ask God to help you to be a better servant of himself. Remember this, God is our loving father who desires to be in a perfect relationship with us. As a parent, how would you respond if your kid came up to you and said, Daddy, I know I'm not the best at listening the first time. Can you help me? Now imagine how eager our God is when his people call out to him for help and loving and following him more. Are you a servant of Christ today? Jude continues and explains the audience to us now. This letter was written to those, as verse 1 says, to those who are called. Remember our sentence that we are using to help us recall Jude? Now to you who are not able, contend because you are called. It is our calling in which everything else rests in this sentence. What does it mean for us to be called? The next few words help us to understand what it means for us to be called. First, 
beloved in God. We are loved by God. This is an incredible statement. We are loved. There's nothing in us that is lovable. In fact, we are born into this world separated from God. We are unable to earn his love for us. There is nothing that you can do. There is nothing that I can do. There are no actions that you can do that will earn you the love of God. Romans chapter 5 verse 8 says this, But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God demonstrated his love for us before we even had the chance to earn his love. To be called is to be loved. We see in verse 2 that those who are called are also kept for Jesus Christ. When first reading this line, I got hung up on the word for in this verse. I expected to read that we were kept by Jesus Christ. The reading of for felt like this would have been written before Jesus went to the cross. Since the readers of the letter and us today are post-cross, what does this mean? This is once again where the English language fails us. The word for has a double meaning here. What it really means is that we are kept and will forever be kept. It best means that we are continually kept. Those who God has called are loved and will forever be kept. What a tremendous statement. There is safety within the calling of God. He has called you as his own. He loves you. You are safe. These are some of the most important needs that a human being has to feel loved and secure. Our God lets us know in these opening statements that we, as his servants, are called, we are loved, and we are kept. This morning, I hope that you hear these same words of God as they are spoken over you. Christian, you are called, you are loved, and you are kept. The introduction doesn't end there, though. Jude chooses to end this section with a desire for the mercy, the peace, and love of God to be multiplied upon them. These are three aspects that come directly from God. Jude wants these to not simply be added to those that are called, but to be multiplied, to be abundant, to be so great that they cannot be counted. Like the promise to Abraham of a nation so great that they cannot be counted, may mercy, peace, and love be upon you. Can you imagine what this world would be like if every believer were full of mercy, peace, and love? What would change? What would be different? This isn't a hypothetical question. As a believer, 
we are indwelt with the very Spirit of God. In Galatians chapter 5, we see what are known as the fruits of the Spirit. Do you see the similarities in that list and the three mentioned here in Jude? Servant of God, called one, you have these fruits within you already. May they be multiplied upon you. As Jude says, this is to his immediate audience. I want to say to you this morning, may mercy, peace, and love be multiplied upon you this morning. Have you kept up at all with current events? I understand that I haven't lived a lot of life, but this for me is the most polarizing time I've ever heard of or seen. It seems that everything is now a hill to die on. Political parties, masks or no masks, school in person or not in person this coming fall. This isn't just a world problem though. It has infiltrated the church. What this world needs more of, what our church needs more of, what you need more of, what I need more of is mercy, peace, and love. Before Paul enters into the listing of the fruits of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5, he says this, beginning in verse 16, But I say, walk by the Spirit. And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. Paul encourages us to walk by the spirit. Let the spirit of God guide you to be full of mercy to be a peacemaker, and to love radically. Right now, it's a supernatural gift. However, you, being called, being a servant of God, may these be multiplied upon you. Do you lack in being merciful, peaceful, and loving? When you create your list of what it looks like to perfectly follow Jesus, I would hope that these three words are on that list. When you compare yourself to that list, though, how will you self-evaluate with these three words? Now to you who are not able, contend because you are called. We'll be looking at contending for the faith and are resting in the one who is able in the coming weeks. For this week, though, don't skip past this introduction. You as a believer in Jesus Christ and his work upon the cross, are called. You are called to be a servant of God. You are called because you are loved and kept forever. You are called so that you may be a beacon of mercy, peace, and love. Begin right now. Evaluate yourself and your calling. Confess to God where you lack. Praise God where he has blessed you already. Rest in the perfect and completed work of Christ upon the cross. 
Will you pray with me this morning? Our God, Lord, we declare that you are sovereign over all. Lord, as we look in your word, we see, Lord, where we lack. Father, we see where you have called us to be servants, yet often we desire to be master. Lord, we pray that as Jude has called himself a servant, so can we. Lord, that we would be servants reliant upon you. Lord, where you say to go, we will go. What you say to do, we will do. Father, that the word of God will, will not simply be, we will not simply be hearers of it, Father, but as James says, we will be doers, Lord. Father, as we look to our calling, Lord, we understand that you have loved us. Father, we also are excited, Lord, that we are kept by and for Jesus Christ. Lord, that the work upon the cross is what keeps us. Father, we are kept until the day that he returns. Father, in this moment, we ask that you would send Christ. Father, but if you tarry, Lord, may, may we have mercy, peace, and love multiplied. Father, may we be a people known for mercy, known for peace, and known for love. Lord, may we be the people that your word calls us to be. Father, this morning, for, for those that are listening, I pray, Lord, that your spirit has illuminated this text to them. And Father, as they listen to this, as they watch this, Lord, that they leave changed. Father, we know that your word does not return void. Lord, I am confident, Lord, in your word and in the work of your spirit. Father, we thank you that we can call upon you even in this moment. Lord, will you be with us this week? Pray all of these things in Christ's name. Amen.